Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we today? Very well. Good, oh, good. Um, Sophie, I just want to let you know that I will be working on, I'll have everything ready for you um, with the wedding invites and everything this afternoon. And uh, just a little check-in. Um, okay, sorry. I, not, I put my four spiritual laws of prosperity in the other room. Forget it. All right. So, well, let's begin with the blessings. So, um, Toki, why don't you uh, give us an opening prayer today? Unless you're not on the line. Toki, are you on mute? Okay, and obviously by Silky, I meant uh, I meant Brand. Do you say Brandon? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a deep breath. Breathing in the power of God's peace. And exhaling that peace unto all the world. Dear God, divine universe, creator, love, we call to that which holds us at our highest. We seek you today. We seek closeness to you that we may move from this closeness throughout the day. And in moving from this closeness and conversations we have with each other, with our family, with our friends, we are able to see your divine light and divine guidance in what we are to do and what we are to say. I pray that this time is blessed, that we may expand and grow in our knowing of ourselves and each other and of your will for us. And I pray that in the moments we are uncertain, we just know that we are about to learn something new and we are about to expand into the greatness and that the mystery of it is the joy of it. We offer up anything that is limiting to our thinking and any perceived lack any perceived, I'm not good enough, there's not enough, I don't have enough time, money. We let this all go because we know that you're infinite source and you're always supplying for us in any moment. Thank you for our divine goodness. Thank you for our divine greatness. May it bless the world. And so it is. Amen. And so it is. Amen. Hmm. Beautiful. That's really beautiful, Brandon. 
you got that gift of prayer, boy. Um, Thank you. So I'd like to uh, just check in with everybody. Um, I know Zach won't be on the call today. He has to. He got called early to work tomorrow, so um, I think that it's like 1 a.m. when he's on the line, or it starts at 12 or something like that. <laughs> so uh, I. Um, so he often uh, listens to the recording of class, and then we talk in the week and to review the class and stuff. So thoughts and prayers with him. Um, okay, so let's talk. Let's just check in with everybody. Um, I'd like to hear how you're doing, if uh, you're moving through any challenges or if there's anything, um, uh, uh, anything that you'd like to share, a little note of gratitude or anything exciting. So. Um, Brandon, why don't we begin with you? Well, I've been going on a lot of dates, <laughs> um, which has been exciting because uh, I'm, I there's been little obsession about the dates. And in fact, I've just been, you know, 20, 30 minutes before and a lot of dates, meaning two this week. Um, but a lot, but beforehand, like I always have a couple hours before where I want to cancel, like just cancel. I'm too tired. This was not the right person. I do, whatever. And all those thoughts run through my head. And then, you know, I just take the 20 minutes before the, they arrive or I arrive and have been praying, um, that every relationship specifically that, which is about to occur, be held to its highest and be used for good. And so each each of the two dates went, you know, perfectly with two separate people without the, oh, I need to figure out what this is going to be or <laughs> who, are, are, are they dateable or are they, you know, boyfriend material. So um, it's been just a nice, more gentle approach to meeting people and um, letting God direct it. And, you know, what's been really helpful <laughs> the past two days was uh, one of the Course in Miracles lessons. I think it's the first one. And it's, I don't know what anything is for. So when I want to think that, oh, this person does this or that's the type of person they are, then that's not right for me. I just say, I don't know what anything is for. And somehow I'm brought back to meeting the person where they're at and really enjoying my time. So that's where I am in, in a random way. Cool. All right. Um, and uh, Martha, how are you doing? You want to check in? Hi, I'm here. Uh, I guess I'm okay. I'm having anxiety. Um, I'm evicting my tenant, so it's anytime we, you know, I think about that situation, it just, it's like I just want to crawl inside. It's like I just wish they would move and not have to do what I need to do. But I'm sorry, who is so this? This is in regards huh? to your parents? You no, said? my tenants. Your tenants. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm evicting them. And. Mm. I feel bad for doing it, but at the same token, it's like I tend to always give in and put other people ahead of me. 
And so they've known that, you know, I, I needed the house in January and, you know, they're not playing, you know, clean. And so, anyway, so I hired somebody to start the eviction process. And so that has made a lot of, but with just, yeah, anxiety is what I'm going through, I think. That mm. and, so I'm just trying to not overthink anything, but it's there mm-hmm. right now. Um, other than that, well, I'm, I am grateful um, Teresa's husband's surgery came out okay. So we're we're happy about that. Um, and let me see. Um, and I discovered why I tend to avoid meditation. <laughs> I was uh, watching a video, virtual thing, and um, I guess I'm still kind of afraid of God's power. And so um, I need to address that because I... That's the message I got. Like I'm still feel, fearing him for some reason. So, um, but I'm good. Other than that, things are okay. I'm just learning how to deal with this in a better way. So that's about it. May I offer a little feedback and insight? Sure. Great. You know, the theme of so much of my teaching right now is that we are in the relationships we believe we deserve, right? We are in the relationships we believe we deserve. And what's interesting, and it's like, it's like a phenomena when, um, and it happens every time, that when people get into programs like this where they're spiritually based, heart based, love focused programs that are designed to support us in releasing blocks and open our hearts, relationships evolve often in the appearance of breakups, divorce, or someone leaving. (laughs) Every time. And uh, it's because what we believe we deserve begins to evolve as well. We begin to have more love for ourselves. And an attribute of that is also more respect and more um, consideration and kindness and all that stuff. So it's like the bar raises. But what also raises with the bar is our vibratory state. So we're vibrating at a higher frequency because love is the highest frequency. And so our vibrations are beginning to lift, right? And we attract those things that are on the same vibratory frequency. This isn't necessarily a lesson we're going to be getting into now. Um, It's more metaphysical, you know, and when we speak about energy and all that stuff. And I wouldn't mention it if I haven't really noticed it to be true. But so that's why a lot of people break up out of their romantic partnerships is because you're not vibrating at the same frequency as your partner anymore. And it, it shows up like there is some sort of conflict or turmoil in the relationship or someone's bailed. And you're like, what the, what, what the heck? But they're no long, you're no longer a vibratory match. It's just, you're just no longer a vibratory match. And if that person 
or you no longer is comfortable with that, the unevenness of that energy exchange, then oftentimes people leave. They evolve out of the relationship. The same applies to you and your tenants. One, you are developing deeper love, self-love for yourself. Two, uh, you're no longer a vibratory match to having tenants that don't respect you. Like you're a match for people that will reflect you. Everybody is a mirror, right? And so a tenant, unless you're, ta- you're just taking the house, which would be a perfect tenant as well, uh, mm-hmm. a loving tenant is going to reflect back to you the love you have for yourself. And a lot of times that manifests as you not being afraid to request what it is you're interested in or not being afraid to go through the eviction process if they're not meeting the, and what I'm knowing you, a very fair contract, an agreement. And so I'm sure a lot of you will start seeing that like, wow, like my friends, like uh, some of my friends aren't hanging out with me anymore or uh, I broke up with my boyfriend or girlfriend or someone just disappeared on me or, or even a lot of times like, yeah, I lost my job, like my job went away. It's just because you're shifting your frequency. And a lot of times, we're no longer longer a good match for who we were when we began the program. And this idea of being afraid of the power of God, I want you to, uh, I'm going to invite you to say that statement, Martha, but Mm -hmm. substitute... uh, because God is all there is. We are a part of God. And so I'm going to invite you to say, I am in awe of the power of Martha. <laughs> because that's really what the big, you know, people get afraid of. Because, listen, you're realizing that you are responsible for everything in your life, right? You know now that your thoughts are creative. Your thoughts and feelings create the experiences and situations around you. You know that you are a vibratory magnet and you are attracting to you the situations and people that are in alignment with you. And suddenly we're like, you mean I created all of this? Oh my goodness. I'm responsible for all of this? And that's when you're graduating, Martha, from the first uh, stage of spiritual consciousness, the victim consciousness, into the creator. Be like, I am creative. And so now what you're doing is you're just slowly starting to release that which no longer serves. So the external life is just simply matching your internal life. Your internal spiritual practice is now expressing itself as your life. So you're removing the blocks that are preventing you from experiencing the peace of God now. Um, I know that you've been kind of releasing a few blocks recently, and the tenants are one of them. The boyfriend is another one of them. And now you're going, you're allowing more space for the peace of God to flow through and you will begin to create situations and circumstances that are in in alignment with the love you are expressing for yourself. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, own it, sister. Own it. You did, you're doing good work and the, uh, the effects of your work, the results are really manifesting, you know? So then we get to be grateful for everybody and then we get to bless 
the ex-boyfriend. We get to pray for his happiness and trust that he goes to higher grounds and that he, you know, loves himself as well. You know, he discovers that the, the perfection of his path. And we honor the perfection of his path and the tenant's path. And you continue to love yourself even more. So it's exciting. I think I see, I don't think that, you know, awful things are happening. I think new possibilities are presenting themselves. New paths are presenting themselves. And it so happens it's a higher path. So sometimes you have to, you know, you have to uh, leave some of the, um, you have to drop a little weight so you can get up on the higher path, you know. And so sometimes that looks like dropping the weight of a grown man <laughs> and a few tenants, you know. Okay, that helps. Thanks. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, thanks for being willing to play, always. Um, Jennifer, you want to check in? Um, sure. So uh, recently I'm celebrating uh, a new role in my company. <clears throat> my boss uh, presented me an offer to purchase a percentage of her company and become a partner. And uh, I thought about it, and I really decided to stand in my truth of living a debt-free life, the life that I've been cultivating for a very long time, and went back and said, you know what, I will not take a loan out to purchase a percentage of your company, but here's the reasons why I think you should just give it to me anyway. And she bought it. <laughs> so she's going to... Uh, make me a partner and give me a percentage of her company in exchange for my loyalty and dedication, which I have been serving up already for six years. So I'm super celebrating that. Now on the flip side, I'm sort of achieving this dream of being a business owner at the same time that I'm experiencing my dream of having a year of travel. And it's kind of like too much good all at once. And so I'm trying to, I'm having a little bit of anxiety about not being able to be the the business owner that I always imagined I would be because right now I'm being the traveler that I always wanted to be and and it's the two the two dreams are finding a little bit of conflict in my spirit and I'm having a little bit of anxiety around that but um just working through it you know uh Adwin Gaines has said I think that it's uh, just in some of her live talks that she has to, uh, gosh, what is it? She is working to expand her capacity for pleasure. Like there's so much good pouring in that she has to learn how to um, allow herself to enjoy all of this good stuff. She had to learn how to like expand the container to receive all of the good stuff. And like anything else, it's a little bit of a growing process. So it looks like you're just aligning yourself with, um, you're learning to receive even more. There is no too much good. Are you kidding me? Um, and also, I encourage you as well to always remain flexible. Release attachments to how you think anything should be or should go. Um, and um, there's one more thing that I was going to say, and it was, Really brilliant, Jennifer. You're going to be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> well, you're hitting the key points. I definitely yeah. <laughs> need to expand my container for all of the wonderful things that are coming my way. And uh, and I definitely do need to release my idea of how things should be because that's really where I'm stuck. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go slow. Oh, this is what I was going to say. We always choose the most peaceful path. So if you close your eyes and lean into it in, in your practice and just say, what's the most peaceful path for me right now? What's the most peaceful decision? What decision could I make to create the most peace in my life? And then it'll be shown to you, you know, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit is always gentle. And so, and then go towards that direction, you know, and um, yeah, it might not be the decision that you initially made, but remember, you made a decision uh, in the past. You are no longer your past. You have evolved and transformed. Even if it's last week, you have evolved and transformed. And um, so maybe... Jennifer today is like, you know, I feel uh, complete with travel for this moment and I feel really inspired to get in there and do, I mean, like, to start exploring my new role in person. Or maybe it's like, I really feel confident that I can continue this wonderful uh, experience, travel experience, and do what I need to do abroad because I'm fully capable and, um, you know, I'm releasing you know, cutting all cords that something will be taken away from me or something will go wrong or that there's another shoe that will drop, letting go of all of that and trusting that I'm totally taken care of and knowing that um, I am such a woman of abundance and prosperity that if I need to be in Seattle, it's only a plane ticket away and I can do that now. So it's pretty great. Yes, 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 and yes. And one little suggestion I'm going to say, this is just old school um, science of mind, our words carry a lot of power. I'm going to invite you to consider finding a different word for debt-free because what's the word that we actually focus on when we say debt-free? What's the still right. the operative no, word? I, I've already created that. I just forget. It's cash-positive life. I live a cash-positive life. Yeah, baby. Yeah, you do. I, yeah, I've been, I just, you know, old habits, but yes, cash positive. Absolutely. I like that. I'm, I'm going to write that down too. Cash positive life. I, cash I, yes, I have had a lot of success with the affirmation that my net worth grows easily and effortlessly in perfect ways. Mm, I love it. Mm, sounds good. I'll eat that up. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That's exciting. And congratulations. I just think that is so spectacular. I really, like, I almost started crying a little bit. I, my heart just, like, really opened up when you shared that. And, um, you know, it's a perfect example of just standing in your worth and knowing your worth and inviting other people to align with that. It's really, really beautiful work, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for um, listening. Yeah. Mark, would you like to share? Check in. Sure. Good morning. Uh, so, um, what I just want to start with uh, saying thank you to Brandon for sharing. Uh, I absolutely appreciated what he was saying in regards to uh, dating life and uh, that's great work that he's doing with that. Um, I really related. So, thank you, Brandon. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, I, I shared in uh, our life support group the other week that um, I've kind of I've been in a really nice flow uh, lately uh, with some new beer, uh, business opportunities, and um, 
it's kind of interesting that uh, I'm kind of having like two different experiences with that. On one hand, it feels like every few days I keep like finding things that like more, like more abundance, more opportunity. Um, literally, I just redid a contract with them a couple weeks ago, and they already came back to me basically saying they wanted to give me more money. Um, completely unexpected. Uh, so I was like, oh, well, that's cool. That works for me. Um, and then just, just today, this morning, I was going through a gift back basket they had sent to me for the holidays just to kind of thank me for the work I've been doing with them. And I was at the bottom of the basket thinking like I was just going to throw it away. And I looked at the bottom and there's like a whole other layer of like chocolates and goodies and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this basket is never ending with all these treats. Um, so it was a little bit of a apropos uh, analogy to kind of where I'm at lately. It's just things seem to be popping up in, in ways I, I just didn't really expect and it's great. Um, and at the same time, I also find myself really trying to be conscious and not attaching to the stuff that's popping up. So, you know, not attaching to the contract or the money or the gift, um, you know, not, not having them mean anything um, or have be my source of peace. Like I feel like I'm really in a space of having a lot of peace around my finances right now, which is great. Um, but reminding, trying to keep myself really clear that that peace is not about the things. It's not on the outside. It's, it's with me because I know these things, you know, they'll, they'll evolve and change over time. Um, so that's really kind of, I think, more my practice right now is just really just trying to stay aware of where am I kind of attaching to, oh, you know, I'm making more money or, oh, things are just easily showing up as that being my source of my peace and happiness and really saying, and if it wasn't showing up right now, you know, where would my peace and happiness be coming from and continuing to work on that. So that's always there for me regardless of, of where the future may, may head. So, so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. In addition to still looking for a husband, that's still a work in progress. <laughs> um, I trust that the perfect partner is on his way to you now, or you're in the process of creating space for the perfect partner to easily present himself. Um, yeah, it sounds like you're just enjoying uh, prosperity. Um, remember, guys, prosperity is general well-being in every area of life. So all your needs be met. And uh, I say, you know, of course, uh, enjoy it and note it and be grateful for everything and um, know that God is your source. And, uh, you know, like Mark said, even if you were, you know, living under a bridge that you're taking care of because you are an extension of God. Um, and um, at the same time... <laughs> Be very clear that you are enjoying all of the beautiful expressions that are surrounding you. So, well done, Mark. Lovely. Lovely, everyone. Um, Soki, are you on the call now?
Yes, I am here. Okay, there she is. Um, Sophie, would you like to check in with everybody? Oh, yes. I had the second case of radical forgiveness. Mm. Remember I told you about the one that I testified at INS? This week, uh, oh, my God, it was a spiritual drama. Me and Lisa, uh, or Lisa, Lucius, we, oh, God. My my grand my my well, my grandson literally because my niece is in New York, and the son one and a half years old was kidnapped by his own dad, and we were with Lisa, she's my driver. We we in a very action-packed spiritual drama of uh, taking back the kid here in LA, in in Lakewood. Uh, so. And the mother with the court order, we were we were escorted by two sheriffs to take the son back and give him back to his mother. So I was there in front, and I took the I took the baby from his grandfather's arms and gave it back to her mother, so, and brought her back to the airport. You know, we were escorted by two sheriff officers. So looking back, I. I'm telling Lisa, if I am not in this program, and I, I just learned that my niece was a victim of uh, domestic violence for three years where where they they live here in, in, in Long Beach, and she never told me anything. And I was the one who introduced her to our family, to this family, who the, the guy married her in the Philippines. So this whole sort of immigration thing that she's tied up to for three years and being battered and never telling me anything. And she moved back with her husband in New York just uh, in May, and she started a new life. She's a nurse there, and all of a sudden, her son was kidnapped. So in the overall, there was an instant uh, forgiveness that went on to my family because I, 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 I have unblocked two sisters and her because we, start, we stopped talking, and my heart is grieving. Uh, this this uh, crying for forgiveness. I want to reach out to her, but she was she she blocked me. I one time I I told Carmela, let's go to Carla, and I want to have some kind of forgiveness in Long Beach, so we can match, uh, patch up. And she said, I'm not ready. So until she went to New York with her husband. Now I was in the middle of this court case uh, with two sheriffs. So. It was a success story. We were able to take back the baby, <laughs> and they flew back to to New York last Thursday. I never left them. So yesterday, I again was went to the Supreme Court, California Superior Court, to to give the to give the order of the New York County for custody, temporary custody. But you know, I'm I'm in the middle of this. So now the bonus is there was a family forgiveness. We now two of my sisters are my friends again in Facebook and my 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 niece crying for help, asking forgiveness. So we're there. We Lisa saw all the drama. So I'm in the middle of this and I told Lisa if I am not in the program uh of our spiritual this this program of practitioners court, I would have been very very guilty of introducing my niece to this family. 
and there's a history of incest, violent uh, battering. So um, I think everything is just, this is uh, looking back to the blueprint, the divine plan and divine blueprint. All this has to happen. Yes, I, I am now looking at all the actors in this spiritual drama as innocent. Soul to soul transaction, crying for healing. The soul of my niece, attracted by the soul of the grandfathers behind all this. The grandfather orchestrated everything, all the kidnapping. And now his son is grieving, he's innocent. So I'm praying for the family. I'm praying for, I'm, I'm now I'm talking about radical forgiveness. We have a family group. Because it's like a drama. It's like real-time drama in Twitter. What's happening now? Oh, I'm here at the sheriff's office. What's happening now? Everybody in the Philippines is, is uh, what do you call this? Because the parents of my niece in the Philippines, it's, they're monitoring everything. My, my siblings in New York, what's happening now? We're at the sheriff's office. What's happening now? I'm about to get the kid. And what's happening now? They're flying back to New York. All this. My family is hooked up. Like Twitter, real-time monitoring what's going on. And I, we are in a praying mode. We are in a forgiving mode. So, that's it. <laughs> oh, is that, is that it, Soki? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, <laughs> Sorry about Good Lord. Um, gosh, wow, well, I am just so grateful that, um, I mean, obviously, you're playing a big game, so, Keith, so, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that, um, it resolved in a very loving way, and that it continues to do so, and that there's a lot of healing happening, and, you know, these are gifts of this work, guys, these are absolutely gifts of this work, and I think one of the, um, biggest gift of this work is when things like that begin to unfold, you're very aware that there is something here for you, that there is always the opportunity to awaken to peace in every breath, in every relationship. It is perfectly designed. We all have that individualized curriculum, like a Gordon Miracles will say. Whatever is going to support us will unfold. It must unfold. And what is it for? It's always for, like we talked about last week, the realization, actualization, and awakening to our true purpose, which is to remember our oneness with God, to remember our oneness with the divine. And it will, uh, you know, we will encounter in a way that will speak to us so that we will pay attention situations and circumstances that will support us in waking up to our divinity. Now, you can't think of like, you know, that there's some guy up in the clouds rewarding you for your good work and punishing you for when you're not doing it. It's all an extension of your mind. It's all an extension of your consciousness. So whatever will best, like it says, like we studied in the subconscious mind, there's an aspect of our mind that knows how to get us where it is. One, we believe we deserve to go. 
But at the undertone of it all is in that is still that invitation to remember our truth. Isn't, isn't God great? <laughs> isn't it all great? I, I love this stuff. I love hearing uh, how it's all how it's manifesting in your life, how it's really unfolding, how you guys are really showing up to take the next step forward. It's really a beautiful thing. So I'd like to talk to you today about this concept of auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion. And in a way, it's what Edwine Gaines teaches when she talks about goal setting, about getting clear goals that you write down and you refer to and you focus on. So um, I'm just going to read you. uh, It's a short read through. uh, It's actually on Wikipedia. Um, If if anyone's ever read the book, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Napoleon Hill talks about auto-suggestion. It's his method of achieving your goals. So auto-suggestion is a psychological technique that was developed by apothecary Emile Coup at the beginning of the 20th century. Um, Coup discovered that subjects could be... uh, Coup discovered that subjects could not be hypnotized against their will and, more importantly, that the effects of hypnosis uh, waned when the subjects regained consciousness. He thus eventually developed the coup method and released his first book, Self-Mastery Through Conscious Auto-Suggestion. He described the coup method as an instrument that we possess, uh, that we possess at birth and with which we play unconsciously all our life as a baby plays with its rattle. It is, however, a dangerous instrument. It can wound or even kill you if you handle it imp- imprudently and unconsciously. It can, on the contrary, save your life when you know how to employ it consciously. Koo still believed in the effects of medicine, but he also believed that our mental state was able to affect and eventually amplify the action of these medications. He observed that his patients who used his mantra-like conscious suggestion every day and every way, I'm getting better and better, replacing their thought of illness with a new thought of cure, could augment their medication plan. According to Koo, repeating words or images enough times causes the subconscious to absorb them. In contrast to Koo's opinion, Schultz believed autogenetic training was a method for influencing one's automatic, uh, atoma, atomic nervous system, not the so-called subconscious. The coup method centers around a routine, uh, routine repetition of particular expression according to a specific, uh, specified ritual. In a given physical state and in the absence of any sort of allied mental imagery at the beginning and at the end of each day, coup maintained that curing some of our troubles requires a change of our subconscious unconscious thought, which can only be achieved by using our imagination. Although stressing that he was not primarily a healer, but one who taught others to heal themselves, Koo claimed to have affected organic changes through autosuggestion. Koo thus developed a method which relied on the belief that any idea exclusively occupying in mind 
turns into reality, although only to the extent that the idea is within the realm of possibility. For instance, a person without hands will not be able to make him go back. However, if a person firmly believes that his or her asthma is disappearing, then this may actually happen, as far as the body is actually able to physically overcome or control the illness. On the other hand, thinking negatively about the illness will encourage both mind and body to accept the thought. Willpower. To observe that the main obstacle to auto-suggestion was willpower. For the method to work, the patient must refrain from making any independent judgment, meaning that he must not let his will impose its views on positive ideas. Everything must thus be done to ensure the positive auto-suggestive idea is consciously accepted by the patient. Otherwise, one may end up getting the opposite effect of what is desired. Tu noted that young children always applied his method perfectly, as they lacked the willpower that remained present among adults. When he instructed the child with saying, clasp your hands and then you can pull them apart, the child would thus immediately follow his instructions and be unable, oh, clasp your hands, then you can't pull them apart. The child thus immediately followed his instructions and was unable to unclasp their hands. Um, Self-conflict. Who believed a patient's problems were likely to increase his willpower and imagination opposed each uh, were likely in, to increase if his willpower and imagination opposed each other. Something to refer, refer to as self-conflict. As the conflict intensifies, so does the problem. The more uh, the patient tries to sleep, the more he becomes awake. The patient must thus abandon his willpower and instead put more focus on his imaginative power in order to fully succeed with this cure. And then this goes into that's effective. So <clears throat> auto-suggestion is the practice of allowing your thoughts to focus on one desired outcome, one goal. So do you see how this is in alignment with the goal-setting principle, the goal-setting law, as taught by Edwin Gaines. You have a list of goals. You get them down to 10, and you read them often. And then you go and you initiate, you ignite the GPS, the sort of the internalized GPS of our subconscious mind to take you to, you know, to do what needs to be done so that you can receive those things. So going back to Martha's share, how we talked about needing to be in uh, energetic and vibrational alignment with that that you're interested in, that's what we're really asking when we say, what must I change? Who must I become in order to receive this? Really, the question is, how must I feel? Who must I believe I am in order to receive my, these goals that I've set out for myself. Now, since this is a spiritual class, and since we are talking in, under the umbrella of our purpose being to awaken to our oneness with God and inspire others to do the same, we introduce ideas such as non-attachment. Because if the highest 
goal is for peace of mind, then we understand that, oh, okay, a lot of times what I want, it's great, but once I get it, it doesn't create more peace. It actually creates upset because I thought I wanted, I thought that was going to make me happy, but it didn't. Only I can make myself happy. So auto-suggestion, though, I think is a very valuable, valid tool that really supports us in getting laser focused on what it is we're interested in creating. It also is a wonderful, I like that he talks so much that this was initially created um, to work with medicine, to work on physical healing, healing in the body. Because it is, um, it is powerful. I've had experiences where I've changed my mind about <clears throat> whatever I was moving through, about the sickness. I have this belief because it's just my experience that I'm never sick for more than 24 hours. And I have never experienced myself being sick for more than 24 hours in my adult life. I might be knocked down for a day, but I always, with rest and vitamin C, <laughs> I'm always back in the game the next day. Now, he also said something really important. He talked about our willpower, about how our imagination and our will have to be in alignment with each other in order for this to be effective. So one thing, and this is something that we shared, and this is why spiritual community is so important, is that it is so, and I, I just want to remind everybody about this as we continue to bring in more tools as we continue to walk down the path, it is so important to keep a lot of this work to yourself or to share your process with others who are doing the same thing. Why is this important? Why do you think it's important to, to not share your creative process with other people? Why is it important? Well, it's important to share it with other people who are doing it because they know at what standard to hold you accountable to yourself. When you're sharing with people who don't weren't on the path, um, a lot of times they're just going to say whatever they think is going to make you feel better or they're going to have a lot of suggestions that are rooted in ego um, and they're not really going to know they're not really going to be in, in, the, in the circle of knowing, you know, where you're headed and holding you to that. Yeah, that's a really great aspect of it for sure. Mm-hmm. There's something else there too that's really good, perfect. And uh, actually that's going to bring me back to a conversation we'll have after this, Jennifer. So you're always paving the way. What else? Why else is it important not to share? Um. Can I say something? This is okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Since everything is vibration, we need um, uh, everything is vibration, and uh, sharing these two like-minded souls on uh, on the same level of frequency would help because it's it's a vibrational frequency. Mm-hmm. A vibrational alignment. So in order to uh, to let the frequency and alignment of like-minded frequencies 
uh, deal with it is uh, I mean uh, be with it uh, be with the journey is a powerful force because some other frequency we're not judging other frequencies but some other frequencies may not be ready for it or is is totally opposite I don't know how to say it but there is a flow of energy and we need to be in the same vibrational energy because that is we magnetize what we the vibrations that we we need to we need in order to reach our goal. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, you're on to something there. You're on to something there. So, a vibra- it's a vibrational support system. So you're accessing the support system of others that are doing the same work as you. It's a really like simple way to think about it too though. Why wouldn't you share with other people who are not on the path your process? Because a lot of times they other people will poop on your ideas or you know, they can't see it. Yes. Yes. They will poop on your ideas. And then what begins to happen in your own mind? Doubt. Yes begin to doubt and then your imagination and your will are not in alignment and you're not going to see the results. You're going to create more experiences of doubt, of not working out, of not sure or of stagnation, something that feels stagnant. So we, it's not that we're denying other people the experience of doing what we're doing. We're just honoring our own experience and our own path, and we're not interested in other people's perspective right now as we are creating this. Because we have to allow the experience of our faith to evolve into knowing. And that's really crucially important for the practitioner to, to transition from the experience of faith into knowing. I know this works because I did it and it worked. And it's important to have that kind of authority, especially when we're working with clients, when we're doing mind treatment, because you're, you will have people come to you thinking that they are sick, thinking that they are losing the battle with a disease, thinking that something is wrong, thinking that they need something else. And we can hold the space of knowing that they are exactly where they need to be to allow a healing to unfold, an awakening to their true self. And so we declare the truth for them. We We know the truth. We know that where they are, they are perfect, whole, and complete. That is the only thing they possibly be. They are not diseased. They're not losing any battle. There is no battle unfolding. That's why that, uh, that whole idea of spiritual warrior is an oxymoron. There's nothing to fight. We're not fighting anything. Um, and so when we declare the truth of someone in the G-O-D-S method, so the G-O-D-S affirmative prayer formula is spiritual mind treatment. When you're in the declaration, remember what Ernest Holmes says, the more you believe it to be true, the more effective the prayer will be. But we have to give ourselves the opportunity to have a clean experience, and we do that by honoring the process, 
by not sharing people who aren't practicing the spiritual principles our process so they don't poop on it. And then we feel bad and we feel weird and then we have just more experiences of feeling weird and bad and strange. So we enroll. That's why spiritual community is such a valuable tool because we have people speaking the same language on the same stuff, doing, using the same approach that we'll, we can check in with, we can lift each other up, we can support each other on the path as we develop deeper roots of faith and stronger, um, you know, grow into that tree of knowledge. Um, Jennifer, what did you just say? <laughs> you said good. That we're gonna circle back around. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that when you share with people, you know, people on our path know what kind of standards to hold you to, whereas other people will just kind of want to say what will make you feel better, and it's all usually rooted in the ego. Mhm. Beautiful. Okay, so what is the difference between accountability and judgment. Accountability and judgment. Uh, Brandon, what do you feel is the difference between accountability and judgment? Brandon, are you on mute? Sorry. So I would say accountability is holding someone to their standard that they set for themselves where judgment would be um, me imposing my belief of how they should be or what they should do or how they should do it. Yeah, those are all qualities of accountability and judgment for sure. But where is it, like where are the roots of, um, what is judgment rooted in? What is judgment rooted in? Yeah, what's judgment rooted in? I'm not sure. May I say Soki? Yeah. No, Soki, you may not say that. And the fact that you speak up like that means that you're a bad (laughs) person. I'm just kidding. That was a perfect example of judgment. (laughs) Of course, Soki, what are you going to say? Judgment is blaming others from from the inside out. No, no, looking at others, not, not... uh, from outside to in, uh, I don't know. But judgment is blaming, and accounting accountability is owning, ownership. Anyone else want to chime in? Anyone else have some thoughts or ideas where I'm going here? Okay, so it comes down to pretty much the root of it all. There's separation, and there's unification. So judgment is deeply rooted in separation. It's rooted in fear. It's rooted in you are doing it wrong. You're not seeing the perfection of the path. You're not trusting that whatever is unfolding is uh, in perfect alignment in divine order, and you're also thinking that something is wrong. Somebody is bad, somebody is wrong, somebody is not doing it right. You're not allowing yourself to see the truth in the other. You're judging the situation as being wrong. You're separating yourself from the person as well. Accountability is holding 
the space, it's holding the container for the truth of that individual, that, that person, to step into it. I almost said, isn't that funny? I'm giving a talk about non-dualism, and I just said the individual. <laughs> so it's holding this, the container of truth. It's coming from a loving space. So judgment is fear-based. Accountability is rooted in love. And it's the loving invitation to step up to your true self. And you can feel the difference when someone's holding you accountable versus when someone's just judging you. (laughs) You know, and you can feel the difference when you're holding someone accountable and judging. Now, this is something that I've really had to learn, how to hold someone accountable. And I'm still learning this process. Practitioners are beautiful teachers for me, learning how to hold people accountable versus judging people. You know what I mean? So um, uh, anytime you're in a situation where people have enrolled you as a teacher or guide in some capacity, we have to love ourselves and love them enough and love the process and believe in the process enough to hold people accountable. Uh, And, yeah, I'm learning. I am learning. But um, I am so grateful for the opportunity to learn. I've made a commitment to myself to grow and expand, and the universe is um, so great, it's so abundantly giving me so many opportunities to heal all that stuff. <laughs> so, any other thoughts on accountability versus judgment, or any other thoughts about um, honoring the path of the process or auto suggestion? Any thoughts, any questions? So, are you beginning to see how Edwin Gaines' book, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, work perfectly with the teachings of Joseph Murphy's Power of Your Subconscious Mind? Because she invites you to hold yourself accountable, but create a structure in which you play with the subconscious mind in order to create the experience of prosperity and abundance using the tools of auto-suggestion. That's really what goal-setting is, is auto-suggestion. And forgiveness, which is releasing your judgment that whatever happened in the past shouldn't have happened. And then allowing yourself to create an essence of accountability with yourself, holding yourself up, lifting yourself up. I find that the four spiritual laws of prosperity are a powerful, clear, precise method to create change in your life. That's why we're, we're really studying it, this module. It is the perfect bridge from the first house of spiritual consciousness to the second house, the second stage. It empowers, it teaches and empowers us to be purposeful creators of our own reality, of our own experience. So we're actually going to end class a little early today, but what I'd like to just do really quickly is go through each of the laws 
and have you guys share about your experiences and offer any questions or thoughts. So the first law of prosperity is the law of tithing. Who would like to share about maybe how this has changed for them uh, in any way? There's no right answer here. Or if you have any questions. The law of tithing. Who would like to share on that? This is Martha. Well, I don't have a whole lot of them. I just started for the first time. I'd like to actually do it. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes I think, you know, no, I just think I've made it a priority whether, you know, that's going first besides any of my other financial obligations. And it just feels right. Um, and I plan to continue with it and um, just, I don't know, it, it makes me happy for some reason. Um, and that's what I have on tidy. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think that's the most profound experience you can have with it. That's the biggest green light you could possibly have. Is it makes me happy. <laughs> Good. You're on the right path. Here's a question. How do you um, go forward? How do you stay in alignment with spiritual law without falling into the habit of uh, falling into superstition? As in, if I don't tithe, something bad's going to happen. How do you give from a space of, how does one give from a space of knowing of authority versus space of fear. Hi, it's Brandon. Hi. So I th- think for me, I've I've had a lot of movement around this topic. I think for me, if I'm answering the question about superstition, that the spirit of that giving and receiving is always in me. So there's nothing that's going to be done onto me or withheld from me that I'm not doing onto myself or withholding from myself, meaning that the spirit of the universe is acting through me, through my uh, conscious and subconscious mind. And that only are my thoughts the extent that which my thoughts and actions are aligning with what I'm actually believing doesn't actually matter. Um, and I can't just do something because I, I'm, I read and I'm told that this is what you are to do and this is the context in which you do it. I have to understand that context for myself and really begin to believe that that's something that can move within me. So if it's not moving in through me in a easy and peaceful way, doesn't mean that there 
and this doesn't mean that I might not have fear or excitement around it that I can resolve, but if it still feels like it's, you know, not the right movement, then I need to look at other areas and, um, you know, ensuring that I'm up to date and up to par on my financial amends is just as honoring in my opinion to my divine creator as trying to give back because if I don't fill those holes, then it doesn't matter what inflow comes into me. I'm, I have a hole in my boat. Basically I have a leak in my boat. So, um, and honoring. And so in the, again, to answer the superstitious question, it can feel like, Oh, a knee jerk reaction. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. But I, I, we are active spiritual beings and we get to gut check, you know, everything. And when things don't feel right, we get to say, what is the context in which this law exists? And am I not meeting a pre-qualifier? And I found that to be true for myself. Beautiful. What's the only way you're going to discover if something works for you? Practice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why do you think I always say, as taught by Edwin Gaines, when I talk about her book, The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity? Are you asking me? Yeah, sure. Because, well, one, uh, she she made it uniquely hers, but two, it's it's what has worked for her in the context of the way she's lived her life. And I know that you and I have had deeper discussions about it, and I know we're going to get to the second law, in which it's made it very difficult for me to actually follow her teachings, not in a negative way, just in a, um, uh, I can't, I can't get that clear on material things in order to set those type of goals. But yeah, that, that it's just, um, that it's just one way to have a understanding of that second level of consciousness that you were talking about, you know, and there's plenty, plenty of teachers out there. It's just one clear way, and especially in regards to a spiritual community, it's a great way to teach about um, prosperity for a spiritual community. Mm-hmm. Especially when someone's looking for support in uh, transforming their finances. You know, or you can, this can be applied to so many things, too. But... Uh, because, you know, the major things people will come to you with for counsel are their career, their finance, their romance, their health, and, uh, you know, grievances. They, they're, they're a, a grieving process. They're grieving something. Those are the major things that people allow themselves to get sort of thrown into turmoil around. Mark, um, talk to me about luck. 
does luck actually exist? Are there lucky people um, or lucky situations and circumstances? Well, if we if we truly believe that everything we experience is uh, is simply a mirror of um, our thoughts and what we believe, then never part of the equation. The concept of luck is that something happens magically, uh, like lucky charms. Um, and uh, in truth, nothing happens magically. Um, there are miracles that take place, but as we know through A Course of Miracles, uh, a miracle is just simply a shift in our perspective, um, a shift in our thoughts. And um, so as we shift our thoughts towards what it is that we want more, um, and that might be with money, it might be with relationships, it might be in our health, it's those shifting of those thoughts and those beliefs that manifest and result in us having the experience of what it is that we want. So it's never an equation of, you know, uh, magic. It's really an equation of the laws and how they work and the inevitability inevitability that the laws will always respond to our thoughts. So sometimes it, it happens at a time frame that maybe is longer than what we intended, but the laws state that the universe always has to respond to our thoughts and our beliefs. So, um, so to that point, luck is not real. It's not possible. It's all simply a mirroring and result of the equation of the laws. Beautifully stated. Luck is giving something outside of ourselves power to create, you know, something like Mark said, magical. There are no lucky people. It's all an expression and an extension of your consciousness, period. If someone were to say, Jennifer O'Brien is just lucky, she's just lucky, I'm sure that Jennifer O'Brien would sit you down and say, all right, do you know how much work I have done in order to clear the pathway so I could have the opportunity and the resources to travel the world and to step into a partnership in this company? It wasn't just luck. Nothing I found myself. It was the result of years of practice, years of working on my self-worth and my ability to receive. This is all an extension of her consciousness. And she got to the place where Jennifer O'Brien would not, it would have been impossible for her boss to offer her a partnership in that company if she didn't believe that she was worthy to receive it. It's impossible. It's an extension of her consciousness. Jennifer knows she could run that thing like a gangbuster and take it probably to another level. She knew that. She knows that. And she knows that she's the best person for the job. And so guess what's unfolding as her experience? Got to let go of this idea of luck. Cutting the cords, baby. Taking full responsibility. Luck is in the house of victim. Something outside can hurt me or something outside of myself can save me. Okay, so goal setting. Let's talk about that. Anybody have any uh, lights go on, any aha moments, any, oh my goodness, yes, or does any 
changes, shifts, unfold around the law of giving. I mean, goal setting, sorry, not giving, goal setting. <laughs> That's being shy today. Well, since we're on the topic of uh, this partnership, you know, I did set a goal. I, I have been working on an affirmation for the last two years that that my boss would give me, just give me the company. Uh, of course, I was hoping to get the whole company, but um, but that was it, even though it's not really a goal, it, it was kind of more of an affirmation than a goal. I I was saying it because you know building the worth and everything that you just said, but I formalized it into words and I made decisions that I thought would forward that affirmation. And one of those decisions was letting my boss feel, you know, basically quitting my job and letting, letting my boss experience what it's like to run her business without me. Um, and that was, you know, kind of a risky move. Uh, but I was, you know, like you said, I was pretty steadfast in the fact that I know my worth and I know what it's all about. And, you know, before, <clears throat> before she even had to experience it, just the panic of having to maybe experience it, she allowed me to come on this trip. And then, you know, having to have experienced the fact that I might not come back or I might find something else in the world set her into kind of a new experience of life that had her, you know, open up to this idea that two years ago I created as a possibility. So, you know, there's some goal setting for you. And um, I just have always found that, you know, goal setting is a, a long process. It's a, it's a daily practice almost. Um, and sometimes you got to be willing to play the long game to get to your goal. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anyone else goal setting? Brandon, do you want to share a little bit about what you've sort of been working through? Hey, so I think this has been a very um, kind of consistent challenge that has come up for me. To, to the, I mean for as long as I can remember, actually. And the difference is I used to be really good at it when I was younger. I used to be really good at, like, setting goals and just meeting them. But um, when I started learning about uh, Edwin Gaines uh, back in the summer, uh, I immediately started applying everything. And the issue came up for me was that I didn't believe that I actually wanted the top 10 things that I wanted badly enough to have a sole focus. And that's what was required. It was, <laughs> there was a requirement to believe and to have that be the aim and to work toward that and to consciously shift my thoughts toward that. And, you know, it, it was just completely, completely out of alignment with you know, what I read and study every day with The Course in Miracles, what I do in 12-step, that it was like, oh, my God, I'm literally 
telling the unit like telling the universe I know what's best for my life right now and I want this, 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 and this, and this. And for me personally, and, you know, goal setting, I'm sure can be healthy and wonderful for a lot of people. But for me, it was who has an obsessive mind. It was taking me off my serenity. And it was assuming that once I, that I, that I knew what was ultimately going to make me happy. So, um, and I and I've learned, especially in my recovery, that um, usually the things that I don't want to do are the things that bring me most happiness. So I couldn't work toward tangible goals as thoroughly as I wanted to, because I because I had evidence <laughs> that showed me that I wasn't going to get what I ultimately wanted from having had that. Uh, thing come to fruition the shorter term stuff you know the easy stuff just to play with just to practice law of attraction that 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 came easier because it didn't require for instance it didn't require me to constantly focus on becoming an executive director of the behavioral health care facility that i work at um so and that that was like a day-to-day grind and goal-setting habit and I had to adjust the way I related with everyone else as opposed to just, you know, treating my workplace like a temple and being as loving as possible and seeing what comes from that. So I don't trust um, my little self (laughs) enough to make these long-term plans. So I like to trust my higher self, which is normally guided by spiritual principles if I let it. Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith at Agape has said that spiritual people, that he has found spiritual people to be the most ambitious people because they know that in God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And what's wonderful is we don't have to know how it's going to unfold. And so Jennifer, uh, Reverend Jennifer is a great example of this. She is the most ambitious person I have ever met in my life. Michael Lennox and I used to joke about it, how ambitious she was and how driven she was. And um, she absolutely is. And what she's created has been really beautiful. But her driving force is always, I mean, and, and listen, she's done so much work on herself that she is 100% clean on this. Uh, and you know what? When the healing is to happen, it comes up, and she has to, you know, like anyone else, look at what's up in her face and do the work around it. But she is committed. Her goals all come from her purpose, which is to wake up. She is holding space for enlightenment this lifetime and for everyone else to join her. And so any inspired idea comes from that space. And so it might look like she has major career goals, but I know, Jennifer, and all the money that woman makes goes right back into the ministry so she can fulfill her purpose, so she can expand and reach more people. It all comes from that, uh, that really powerful, um, centered place of awakening to her divinity and inspiring others to do the same. Everything comes from that. Now, hers is coming through as 
our ministry, you know. But I think that, you know, um, Oprah's is coming through her talk show, which is really her ministry. I call it everybody's ministry, you know. Uh, and um, so I think that's the stealing difference that Brandon is learning to adjust to, adjust with, is allowing the goals to come from a space of worth, not from a place of lack, not from if I get this, then I'll be happy. He's learning to create from the space of I am happy, I am overwhelmed with, I am perfect, full and complete as I am, and my inspired ideas that I am putting into the creative pot is this, trusting that it will unfold because I know that in God anything is possible and I go forward without attachment available and ready to be truly useful and helpful. And I go towards that which feels inspiring. And Jennifer does the same thing. I know that Jennifer could lay down her ministry tomorrow and go, you know, go to a, a, a commune in Assisi and be just happy communing with God. And I also know that Jennifer loves to work in the invisible. She says, you know, you, like, the real work is done in the invisible. What does that mean? Through prayer, through meditation, through intention setting. And then, you know, Jennifer is, and this is just her dharma, her karma. She also works her ass off. So, But holding up, like, Venerable Dahani, she goes, Venerable Dahani does so much for us. And that's why there's a prayer that you can do for Venerable Dahani every day. She goes, She's doing so much for humanity, and she does so much of it in, in the invisible. <clears throat> she goes, so it's so important to pray for her <clears throat> longevity and her health and her happiness, and that it, it can, she can do her work with ease. But, yeah, so, um, so it's just that. It's from adjusting the place where, <laughs> where you create from. If Brandon thought he needed to be the executive director to prove something about himself, that's what he's feeling into. He's like, ugh, I don't want to create from that place. So the invitation is, where are you creating from? Are you really creating from your purpose, your true purpose? Forgiveness. Let's talk about forgiveness. Anybody have any lights go on, any big breakthroughs with forgiveness since doing this work? I had this uh, forgiveness for myself first. Now, because uh, the, the end product of all these experiences is uh, healing and forgiveness in my family. All of a sudden, we are talking and we are praying for each other. But I really intended, I really decided in my heart that uh, forgiveness would reign in my family, and it happened. Mm. Uh, all these experiences that we had this. Uh, uh, yesterday, until yesterday. Mm, beautiful. I really encourage then, everybody, sorry, uh, just real quick, I just encourage everyone to read in A Course in Miracles, uh, in the Manual for Teachers, there is a section called The Clarification of Terms. And the section on forgiveness and the clarification of terms in A Course in Miracles, in the Manual for Teachers, uh, is so beautiful. I first time I read it, I just cried. I just wept. I thought it was so beautiful. But and to me, it just that's what I've embraced as true forgiveness. 
Um, Martha, is that you that was going to say something? Well, forgiveness forgiveness for me now, I look at it differently. Um, In a way, it's like you do forgive, but at the same token, for me, it's just there's nothing to forgive anymore. Um, The realization of that is just very clear to me, um, that we are all innocent at all times. And so it's just looking at things with a different view. So I'm just clear on that, that, you know, the whole somebody did to me or that I did something to somebody. So it's just, you know, all about just loving and accepting everybody because we are pure and innocent. That's how forgiveness has changed for me in the past year. Yes. Yes. Martha, that's so beautiful. Yes, you got it. I think you should be teaching the class now. If you got to that place. <laughs> beautiful. Oh, Martha, I'm so grateful for your um, your participation and companionship in this program, truly. It's really beautiful to see you really do the work. You're really doing the work, sweetheart. Everyone, everyone. Your lives are, are um, just declarations to the universe that Oh, it's so good. And then purpose. We'd like to share about purpose. Anybody uh, have a shift in that? Nobody had a shift with their idea about purpose. <laughs> not not one person. <laughs> I, I have new ideas every day about purpose, but nothing is really sticking. Uh, it's kind of like a catalog that I'm building of potential purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. So it feels like it's not in the right mind, but I know that with more classes and more reading and more, you know, eventually I'm going to have some kind of aha moment about the catalog. So I'm just going to keep building the catalog until that happens. Well, Jennifer, how about, has there been any like new awakening in the idea of purpose being less about what it is that you do on uh, and all about who it is that you're, you know, the, the idea of waking up to your true self because what's you know what what do you think is the classical or traditional idea of somebody's purpose? Right. I mean, I in my in the knowledge of it, I understand the difference that that you can that purpose can spread without you actually doing anything, just by standing in in your truth and be and and lighting up your true self. Like I know that, but I haven't experienced that for myself, so it's just this knowledge-based idea. It doesn't have, you know, that other thing that it needs to really stick. Mm-hmm. I dig you. I get it. I get it. For me, purpose now is just being myself. I'm always... Uh, 
that is my purpose, to be myself, uh, to recognize that I am a co-creator with God, that I am part of him, and that so is everybody else, that it's always perfect. Uh, I may not understand it at this level all the time or um, might not be easy for me <laughs> or I get confused or whatever, but I know I know that um, I'm exactly where I need to be and that everybody else is and that everybody's experienced as well, uh, whether it looks better than mine or it doesn't or there's more pain in other people's suffering the way it looks to my eyesight. Um, that's what needs to happen in order for them also to come to their awareness of oneness with God. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, I'll add a little bit. Um, I don't know if it was this particular module, but I know it's definitely been since we started the practitioner course in general. (laughs) Um, I've been getting clear about just because I'm in a spiritual practitioner program doesn't mean I'm the one or part of the group of people on a spiritual path and that um, we all have one purpose and some people execute it beautifully. And I think you said this last week by just, um, you know, being excellent mothers and stay-at-home moms. Some people execute it beautifully by being accountants Some people execute it beautifully by, you know, just doing the 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 jobs that are you know are already available for us in our current culture, and oftentimes it's tricky with not with not getting into not stepping into a spiritual pedestal separation, saying I'm actively seeking. A spiritual path because I'm I'm not actively speaking a spiritual path. I'm just getting clarity on means in that um, I can have a significant spiritual experience by someone. I can be provided a significant spiritual experience by someone just being their true joyful self, no matter what their earthly roles or positions are. So I. I just happen to be manifesting my spiritual awakening by a literal spiritual practice on a day-to-day basis. But my prayer is very literal where someone else's prayer might be hiking or going to the beach. And so I'm, I really, I really like that part of it to go back to non-judgment and that um, I, again, not knowing what anything is for, but just moving, but just knowing how to move towards the joy of it and what feels more joyful, believing that I'm the only one on a spiritual path among my friends or believing that we're all doing this and they get to show me the call for ways that they're doing it. Mm, Beautiful. Go ahead, Sophie. For me, my purpose is uh, to celebrate the divine circuit that I am and just be coming from the space of love. Thank you. Let's take a deep breath in. And breathe out. And if you'd like, place a hand on your heart and join me here and just 
aligning with this, our loving intentions. Mm. Beautiful. So let me give you a little uh, overview of the next couple weeks. Next uh, week, class will be at 10.30 a.m. It's with Jennifer Hadley. After that, we'll do the same sort of review that we did today with the Byron Katie work. It'll be probably a little bit of a shorter class. And then the week after that, we will do our um, uh, our final exams on the phone for the module. And then we have retreat. And then uh, after retreat, we'll have two weeks off, and we'll resume again in March. Um, so I'd like to talk about retreat a little bit um, as it gets nearer. Does anybody have any questions about retreat, any logistical questions? So I have been wondering when I was going to talk to you about this. So I'm just going to go ahead and put it in the group forum. I have a really difficult time just sort of sitting and being. And so in the beginning of taking these classes, I was all over the place. I wanted to check my email. I wanted to check my Facebook. I wanted to um, clip my nails, just anything to do something while we were listening. And so I've been employing this tactic of coloring during the meetings so I can stay really still. And if I'm, you know, just coloring, I'm not really thinking about anything but what we're talking about. So I have this kind of anxiety about going to the retreat without my coloring book because I just don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> That's great. Um, well. Um, um, I say bring your coloring book and um, just stay really current, you know, and listen, if stuff comes up for you at retreats, uh, explore it, you know, we'll explore it and share authentically. We'll have time to uh, share like that every day. And I think that it will be a little bit of a different experience because you're going to be here in person and it's more of an engagement and uh, conversation. And there's also going to be time for you to just, we're not just like meditating all day. It's actual like um, kind of work, like different workshops throughout the course of the day and activities. And we have, we'll have fun like family time and uh, we stop and we have meals and we, we'll go on walks and stuff like that. So it's not okay. just um, like 10 hours of lecturing or anything like that. Okay, well, I'll bring it as a crutch, but I will try to be as present as possible. Great. Hey, don't judge your path, Sudar. I bet it's perfect. <laughs> I love you, Jennifer. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you. It's been years. Oh, my goodness. Um, cool. Question. Um, Are uh, phone calls and uh, internet connection and all that, is that allowed? Yes. Okay. During certain times. Okay. Yeah. But there, there is Wi-Fi. Okay, look. Thanks. Yeah, there'll be specific times that will be like through these, do, do it during these hours, but do your best to stay off that stuff during other hours. So. 
Um, I believe Park sent out an email about food allergies. So get back to him ASAP with that. Also, if you could um, pay the uh, pay your balances. I think almost everybody is paid up, but uh, we have to. You know, it's helpful because we need to go grocery shopping and uh, also uh, pay the balance of the retreat. <laughs> Any other questions? Room assignments. That's all. Is that gonna you're gonna send that information like later, or um, is everybody getting their own room? <laughs> uh, no, you and Brandon will be staying with each other. So uh, that's that's the only room assignment so far. It's just uh, <laughs> Martha. Martha. I said Brandon would be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the only room with a king size bed, so I thought plenty of room for Martha, you to share. Martha, this is your anniversary. <laughs> that's true. It is. It's your anniversary, isn't it, Martha? Oh, that's great. <laughs> you and the rest of the 19 people, however, <laughs> how many are we going? <laughs> All right. Well, feels pretty complete. So, um, also, now Jennifer, you're driving down. Are you driving down from Seattle? That's correct. Cool. So, and um, are you going to just drive all the way there, or do you want to like? Are you going to are you going to stop by like stop in LA first, or do you, what's your trajectory? Um, we really just don't have a plan. <laughs> we have uh, we have a few stops planned. I would love to stay in LA for a night or two. Um, and then directly following the retreat, uh, Monday morning we fly out to Florida for uh, 10 days, and there'll be some time on the flip side potentially when we get back to um, hang out in L.A. Uh, I just don't know the area, so I, I'm, I haven't got anything. There's nothing really there in L.A. other than seeing people that um, attract me, so I'm not sure if we'll, what we'll I just, we don't have a plan. We have no plan. All right, let's talk now. Do you, does she have a plan while you're on retreat? Yes, she is going to spend time in the Joshua Tree National Park and do some camping and hang out in Palm Springs. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right, well, if there's no further questions, um, why don't we pray out? And uh, Jennifer, why don't you pray us out tonight, today? Okay, fabulous. I'm just going to take a deep breath in. We're so grateful to be able to share this time together, to be able to be introducing ourselves continually to each other, to deepening our relationships within this spiritual group, to have the support and to have other like minds on their journey sharing with us and listening to what we have to share. We're so grateful for that. So grateful that we're, we've lived the lives that we've lived that have led us to this group. And so grateful for everything that we can give to the group and everything that we can take from it. Uh, today, we offer up our fear that our contributions are not good enough, our fear that our participation is not good enough, and, and we, we offer up any of, our, any of our 
uh, thinking of late that or doubt that this program may not be for us. We offer up that any any fear that by going further in this program, we're going to be asked to do things that we may not be ready to do. We're just going to give all that up and declare that we are exactly where we need to be, and this is the perfect place for us at this time. And we're going to give everything we have to this uh, to this group and this experience and participate as fully as we can. Uh, and everything is perfect in this experience. And from our having this experience, we share with everyone what we learn, what we take away, and we just give it freely to everyone else. And so it is. So it is. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Well, guys, have a beautiful rest of your weekend. I look forward to seeing some of you tomorrow. And um, onward we go. Much love. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.